Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm not even fooling. I'm not even fooling. Mm-hmm. So I looked at the programs today, Allison. And yeah. what they had was obviously a lot of uh, Ukraine. And and then um, a little bit of talk to give credit to, um, I think it was uh, to CBS, a little bit of um, the Title 42. In okay. other words, uh, 20,000 people a day flowing over the borders very shortly in May anyway, which is the end of Title 42, when you can use COVID to keep them a, a, a away. Right. I- illegal immigrants. And then, which is going to be a problem, which which they essentially had Obama's former homeland guy said, saying um, somebody needs to, the CDC should probably extend this a little while because March, April, May are the high season for, for entries. But this administration does everything wrong, so they're not going to. So they're going to have right in the middle of it a surge over the border. Now, to their credit, they've been taking a ton of criticism from the left about even keeping Title 42 at all. I mean, it's it's been maybe not the biggest thing going on because they've been screwing up so much other stuff that's been more disastrous and obvious but um but people on the left have been very upset that they've still been using this trump policy to keep some some immigrants out at least um and and they have kept it so for all the disaster at the border stuff that they've been doing that is one thing that they've quietly been doing to that I believe has been mitigating it a little bit, but it's like you're saying, it's about to get way worse. Right. So it allows uh, people at the border to expel migrants and asylum seekers on public health guidelines, which is good. And then um, the, uh, the administration also is not, uh, there aren't guarantees that people who we admit once it happens are going to have to show their COVID negative. I would assume that they're not going to have to show that because the border facility is going to be overrun anyway. Anyway, so, so anyway, so that's the hit they took on that. But, um, and there's, there's inflation. They talked about that. They talked about uh, Lawrence Summers was on. Who he's he's the guy who called this inflation really last a year and a half or whatever ago. We were mad at him about it right. at the time. 
Well, he wanted to take my stimmy from me, I think. Uh, <laughs> well, right. <laughs> but um, but um, and now he's saying there's going to be a recession coming up, which kind of makes sense, which mm-hmm. is how you really kind of, I think, how you get out of inflation eventually. Uh, okay. So. Did they talk about Shanghai at all? No, they didn't. Because I feel like that's the biggest story in the world right now. Right. So those of you who are just hanging your Ukraine flags, don't get too comfortable. It is about time. <laughs> It is about time. This this stuff is incredible. What is that well, movie we, we seen last night? Oh, Player- Ready Player One. Yeah. What's happening in Shanghai looks like that. It's crazy. Right. They're using drones and things to do all sorts of stuff. It's it's nuts. So I probably have that. You send all that stuff to me? I've been I think working- so. I've been- Did you have the I was- drone? I don't know. But, I, I mean, it's in... Uh- it's nuts, though. This All, all this stuff going on in, in Shanghai. And... Um, so, yeah, so here's a little bit of it here. Um, these are people screaming. These are all high rises. People screaming out the windows. These people are starving to death. Yeah. Because of, there's a COVID outbreak there. Right. So for, because I don't think this has been getting a lot of attention on the news here, people might not even realize that this is happening. But the entire city of Shanghai and some of the surrounding areas as well is this is a city of 25 million people. Um, so it's what what's Manhattan like eight? It's like three uh-huh. Manhattans, right? It's like this is a huge city and and it's fully locked down not locked down like we did here locked down like you cannot go to the grocery store you cannot get your prescription medication they're relying on delivery services right now and the government organizing food deliveries which maybe you could do on a really small scale if you lived in like a village you could have somebody delivering Mm -hmm. food to everybody but in a city of 25 million people you just can't have centralized food planning there aren't it's, even 25 million Massachusetts. And, no, there's there, like 6 million? million in Massachusetts, I think. Here's some more. You can see the people in the videos on the balconies. It's just totally, totally creepy. Um, it, so I've been following on this. Who You know who's a good follow on this that I hate to recommend anybody follow because I despise Oh, here's him. a drone. Hold on. Here's a drone. You have the drone? Yeah. As people uh, seen in Weibo, Shanghai residents go to their balconies to sing and protest lack of supplies. A drone appears. Please comply with COVID restrictions. Control your soul's desire for freedom. Do not open the window or sing. <laughs> Man, what a state. A state that can track these people, lock them in these buildings, have drones lecture them, but can't feed them. Yeah, it's really bad. And so I've been following Eric Fagel Ding on this, who I hate because he's actually like pro uh, very strict COVID containment policies and like masking kids in school, even though he was sending his kids to maskless schools Uh in Europe. Like he's terrible. He's like really bad. But he is originally from Shanghai. So he speaks. uh, It's like a very particular dialect that they speak there. It's not Mandarin. It's Shanghainese. And then... um, so he's able to like translate a lot of these tweets and stuff and say if they seem like legit. And the fact that he is now saying that this is like not a sustainable thing that's happening there um, 
is a little scary. So they, I mean, and he has relatives there. So he's saying like in the wealthier areas, people are able to get these deliveries because they're basically like sitting at the apps and everybody in the family is like refreshing the app and all hitting buy on the delivery anytime like one shows up as available. And doing that, like if you're a wealthier family and you have the time to sit around pressing refresh on the delivery app, then you can um, get, you can manage to get something once every few days which is like enough to keep your family going. But they're not there are a lot of poorer people and older people and stuff who are just not able to get food. Right. So um, it, there are starting to be some riots and looting. The government is holding people in isolation facilities. Now, bear in mind, they're saying they've had, I think I want to say 130,000 cases or something, but they're reporting they've had no deaths in right. all of Shanghai from any COVID. Nobody's had any. Nobody's died. Right. According to them. Um, but they're putting people in isolation facilities, like taking kids from parents. But now they're out of room in the isolation facilities. So now they're sealing people into their buildings. Right. Which we seems like, this, among we other things, the first time right. uh, it seems, among other things, like a fire hazard. But also people can't get out and get food. Um, so, you know, people are rationing their food. The U.S. consulate, Reuters is reporting, is begging for food because there's Marines trapped there who are down to just MREs. They wow. have nothing else to eat but MREs. Um, and it... I mean, it, it's unclear. Like, this lockdown is indefinite. They're saying they're going to continue to lock down. It's unclear, like, what the long-term plan is for this. Because, first of all, their population is not very highly vaccinated. They, and, and their vaccine was terrible to start with. Now, with Omicron, it's, like, even worse than ours is with Omicron. It's terrible. And I, I just, I can't. So they're still trying to control it this way. Instead of saying, like get vaccinated and have a nice time like it's you, yours to figure out if you want a mask or not this is their plan now is we're going to seal people into buildings because we're out of room in the isolation facility like i i don't see this is not something you can do to control a virus and it's going to be interesting to see if this truly spiral i mean i it's obviously too soon to claim this because this is a big claim but i think if the chinese government doesn't figure something out here a different plan that they're going to be in real trouble in terms of like control over people so i was reading these eric fagel ding things and i don't know i mean i don't know enough about chinese culture and society to know if this is um true but he was talking about how there was the great chinese famine under communism um and the estimates of how many people died in that is like anywhere from 15 to 55 million people. Um, and he says that um, because of that, because China has this like relatively recent history, I mean, like there's people that are alive now who remember people around them dying in famines. Right. right? And that this is like a huge social fear for people in China, in Chinese culture. He says, um, Chinese society's deepest fight is against the humiliation of poverty and hunger. The modern core social contract of the CCP is to provide food and prevent mass hunger. If they fail to deliver food to their citizens, that is actually the greatest social failure in Chinese eyes. Every Chinese-born person mm. knows this. Food is the main way to show both love and hospitality, even trying to show off there's too much food. Many parents and grandparents who survived the Great Famine know that that is the hard line society can never cross again. So, mm. I, I mean, I think that 
as a government, it's a t- it's a tough situation to uh, to put yourself in to lock twenty five million people into apartment buildings and not let them eat food. And if that's true, that like culturally in Chinese society, that's considered the greatest social failure of the government mm-hmm. to let their citizens starve. I mean, I think it could be earth shattering in Chinese society what's happening there right now. Because well, uh, what does is, that look like, earth shattering? I mean, I think it could result in like a change of their government. Hmm. Something that hasn't happened now in <clears throat> what a century? <laughs> Not quite, but you know, like half a century anyway. So, so what's like the forties? Yeah, I, now, I, I guess so. But I mean, I understand. But <clears throat> if if they're not allowed, if they're not afraid to machine gun their own citizens, and what's going to happen? Well, then again, if you can't feed the soldiers either, then that's how it could happen. <clears throat> well, yeah. So, I mean, and and I think that You know what's is... funny? You know, we mm-hmm. had... Um, did we have Michael Yon on this show? We did, right? Yes. Twice. Famine and hunger, man. Mm-hmm. This is 2022 style. Yeah, but that's... Um, you know, if, if people aren't eating because there's no food anywhere, that's like one thing, too. But if... People aren't eating because you've trapped them inside their building and you aren't letting them go out and there is food at the store, then that's like even worse to me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> but who knows? Who knows how big? I mean, obviously, this is terrible, but we don't know how many COVID deaths there have been. They're of course lying. not at all. They're lying constantly. They, they're they're always lying. I'm sorry mm-hmm. about my chest cold. This is my new COVID or whatever it is. I'm, I'm sorry I'm snorting into the thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is incredible to me, though, because Eric Bagel Ding still doesn't seem able to reevaluate zero COVID as the policy. He's still writing stuff. Um, he says there's like new Omicron subvariants, and he goes, as far as Shanghai is concerned, hashtag COVID is not over anytime soon as they've placed all 26 million residents under lockdown. Um what did he say here? It, but it's like incredible to me. The government's approach to combating this outbreak and crisis still appears unstable on what they might appear to do next. A COVID lockdown approach has always been branded a temporary measure. However, lockdowns not equal to zero COVID. It's incredible to me that you can still think there's like something to weigh here that like, well, zero COVID is good, but we're start they're starting to run into some challenges. Like, I don't know how you can still see it that way at this point. Like, this is a failure. You can't do this. This is not how you contain an illness, especially an illness that you have vaccines for and that you've had time now to build up PPE and whatever else. Yeah. And it's incredible to me because people in this country, including people like Fagel Ding, held this up as like some sort of success, China's COVID <laughs> policy. See, they just locked down really hard at the beginning and that was such a success. Well, people, like, yeah, a lot of people love the social credit score app, you know. To, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's nuts. All right. So let me get back to the, the, um, the shows. So something that did jump out at me was, and this is my favorite thing of the day was Chuck Todd, in the middle of Meet the Press, did this promo for a little Meet the Press special they're doing. Mm-hmm. And you tell me, Alice, what could possibly have been the <clears throat> origin behind uh, behind this little promo that they're doing? 
Before we go to break, we also want to tell you about our latest episode of our single topic magazine show, Meet the Press Reports, this week. NBC News correspondent Morgan Radford helped, ta- helped us take a look at the explosion of online misinformation plaguing America's Latino community. Do you think there is misinformation within the Latino community? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? <laughs> 110%. Oh my God. I mean, it's everywhere. Not only misinformation, but disinformation targeted specifically Spanish language and the Latino community. It's a belief backed up by national research, with more than a third of Hispanic Americans saying they see misinformation often online. By a show of hands, how many of you have personally received misinformation? <laughs> All of you. Yeah. yeah. Where did it come from? Our tias, our primos, our abuelas. De todos. Everybody. Yes. In other words, the non-spoiled generations. Yeah. So what um, is the else? What is the need to send the misinformation police to the Hispanic Latino Latino as she says community? Um, because is polling showing they're moving more uh, right? That is correct. <laughs> that is right. Uh, Latinos are moving. They're on notice now. They've been putting on notice. Put on notice. They have one chance. They are voting for conservatives more and more. Because Latinos who... Um, because Latinos, like most other people, don't like going to the grocery store and having everything be twice as expensive as it was last year. And Latinos, like everybody else, don't like, um, you know, when the U.S. government abandons American citizens in a collapsing government that they created. And uh, Latinos, like everybody else, don't like... Uh, weird crazy gender ideology being pushed on their kids at school right. and, and, and also <laughs> and also um latinos as she says are americans yeah and they've had the american experience they're invested in the country they've gotten dividends in the country they feel it's their country and it is their country and so this is fantastic this is so perfectly progressive Get the get the Latino uh, Latinx sorry activist class, which is a thin number, mm-hmm. small number, and then get all the white wine moms together and say, guys, we need to do something about this messaging. So he listen this there's so much gold in this in this special. This is how it starts off with Chuck Todd. Misinformation comes in all languages, but there's growing evidence that the misinformation crisis is most acute for one group in particular in this country, Latinos. There's growing evidence. <laughs> now, you're going to hear the growing ev- where the growing evidence is from. The most recent Pew Research study found that Hispanic adults are more likely to use YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, and WhatsApp. And how are those idiots supposed to know how to use that correctly? You know, they're not like the smart whites who would know how to use those things. How patronizing is this? They're using WhatsApp now. That's not guarded. We don't filter on WhatsApp. That's not guarded. The Facebook-owned private messaging service. They use it more than white and black Americans. In fact, nearly half of Latinos are on WhatsApp compared to just a quarter of the general population. Oh, my And not goodness. only are Latinos more likely to have social media accounts, they're also spending more time on the platform than anyone else. And that brings us to the real problem. It lies in the content they're reading. Do you feel lectured yet if you're Latino? <laughs> That's the problem. Well, it's not good, first of all, that you're diver- diversified all over these apps that aren't being governed. We know where you're going and what you're looking at now. Things like fake news, like I have a question too. Hunter Biden's laptop. I have a question. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I know now that people have social media so they can post every random thought mm-hmm. that comes into their head. So, like, there's a lot more visibility into what everybody thinks. But don't you think it's just always been true that basically everybody has believed a bunch of stuff that other people probably think is crazy at any given time in history? Of course. Like, a bunch of people believe all kinds of things that aren't true all the time. Yes, of course they do. The fact is you're more likely to encounter misinformation online if you're Latino and speak Spanish than if you're white and speak English. And as Morgan Radford reports, while social media platforms like Facebook are expanding Spanish language fact-checking, the impact on the Latino community is already evident. Can you imagine that? Spanish, what does fact-checking mean for them? Censoring? Exactly, exactly, exactly. And the just the idea that you know we see in the trends that there's a problem. So now we're going to meet Susie Calderon. So Susie Calderon is a problem because she is an immigrant from Cuba, mm-hmm. and she's going online and reading things and believing things. And by the way, when they're talking about when they're talking about misinformation, disinformation on Facebook, what sort of things do you think they're talking about? Um. Trump won the election, mm-hmm. vaccines are bad, things like that. Things like that, that's correct. They're not it's- like, you know, it's funny too because there's so much stupid stuff on social media, but they're not going out there and fact-checking like people who share horoscopes online or whatever, which no. is also stupid and untrue, like factually not accurate. But Right, That, that exactly. That's right, that's right. You, you know... To bring talk about fabricated charges against Brett Kavanaugh, that is not misinformation or disinformation. We actually it, know somebody. I know we've said this on the show before, but maybe not in a while. But we know someone who brags on Facebook about being a Facebook fact checker, who's like the wokest person I've known in my entire okay. life. And like including in the things that she talked about fact checking was about like trans people and stuff and... You know, saying that trans women aren't women, she, like, fact-checked that uh, off of Facebook right. and other stuff. Of course. Here's Susie Calderon. She's she's the problem. Susie Calderon doesn't trust the mainstream media. I don't believe in the vaccines. You do not believe in the vaccines. No. How dare you? You're not believing in the vaccines. You have to believe in the vaccines. How dare you? You know, I'm somebody who's been vaccinated three times. (laughs) Yes. And my faith in the vaccines has been largely shaken. It's like, I I understand. Was it the getting COVID part? Right. (laughs) I keep getting COVID. I keep getting sick from vaccines. The most disruption I've had in my life last two years is post-vaccine. What do you believe they will do to you? I think the vaccine has a lot of... um chemics and they can damage your your body in the long run and for how dare she thinks that the vaccine have a lot of chemicals that could damage your body how dare she think that you're not allowed to think that you're, it has no chemicals and those no chemicals can't damage your body that's the truth where she's sitting things are getting worse it's like they're taking away our rights you can talk wait a second taking away your rights with um, with Jim Crow, Jim Eagle voting laws, I've told that is happening. Isn't that happening? But taking away your rights by making you wear a mask, etc., that's not happening? Forcing you to get a vaccine so, that you don't want to get? So some taking no. away your rights is not disinformation. Some taking away your rights is disinformation. So if it's anything to do with the government overreaching on you, that's disinformation. Normally. You have a mask in your face. People see half of your face. What are some of the... Wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's r- 
How dare she say Is that, that disinformation? Yes, that is disinformation. Saying that a mask covers half your face? Yes, it doesn't. <laughs> oh, sorry. It doesn't cover your face. The things you think that the mainstream media is getting wrong. Well, disinformation. They want us to not to talk. They don't want us to say the truth. You just, they were just cheerleading fact checkers and censors mm-hmm. a second ago. Yeah. We want to censor doc- you, and this- she's like, they're censoring us, and they're like, that's disinformation. This is, she said, what's the mainstream media, media getting wrong? This woman just said, well, it's just, Kusuti Calderon said misinformation. And they're saying, no, 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 but this whole thing's about misinformation. Also, can I just say that I think it's a little bit, uh, <coughs> dare I say, racist for them to interview her in English and try and make her look dumb where she's like saying words wrong like chemicals and like making her trying to sound like an idiot trying to make her sound like an idiot when she's probably much more articulate in Spanish and if they interviewed her in Spanish and put a translation on it she probably would come across much better but they're not doing it because I think that was a deliberate choice to make her look stupid right she's the dummy who came from Cuba under Castro who's seen more life than this dumb cupcake reporter and Sudi Calderon's kids have ever seen mm-hmm. or complaining about her. Mom's got bad information. Susie came from Cuba in the 1980s. Her daughter, Amore Rodriguez, worries that the government propaganda her mom experienced in Cuba is coloring her perception of what factual information looks like here. Yeah, Mom, they don't do that anymore here. Yeah. Propagandists, leftist, Marxist propagandists would never do that here, Mom. So here's her daughter who knows so much. You know, she she mm-hmm. went to college probably where she learned so much more about the world than her mother who came from Cuba. It concerns me that truth doesn't exist anymore. Which is part of the reason she started this group. Uh, materials, sign up list, graphics. Of like-minded Cuban-Americans concerned about the information their families are getting here at home. What kind of Cuban-Americans? I don't know. What did it say? Let me go back here. Okay. Else. Let me just... just It concerns me that truth doesn't exist anymore. Which is part of the reason she started this group. Uh, Materials, sign-up lists, graphics. Of like-minded Cuban-Americans. Like-minded. That's exactly right. Like-minded (laughs) Cuban-Americans. The good kind. (laughs) Exactly. If you have any problem with any voting machine at all from 2020, you are not welcome in the group. You are not like-minded. If you have problems with the voting machines in 2016 and you think the Russians tampered and took the election... You are like-minded and you are allowed. <laughs> Concerned about the information their families are getting here at home. Do you think there is misinformation within the Latino community? What a loaded thing to ask. Is there misinformation or is everything factual? Does in the everybody believe all the exact same things as you? Right. No? Then we have a problem. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you kidding me? <laughs> 110%. Oh, my God. So, wait. She's interviewing... The anti-disinformation, like-minded Cuban-Americans group and is asked them if they think there's disinformation. Yes. And surprise, they, they do. Found, they found some. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Okay. They're going to tell you there's disinformation. It never before. We started a until- group to combat this thing. <laughs> so do you think there is any of that thing? Yes. Why do you ask? <laughs> As a matter of fact, our group's name is that thing. As a matter of fact. And it's, it's, 
it's remarkable. Never before, nowhere ever do people have different sets of beliefs whatsoever. You know, it's just this group. You know, you unfortunately, guys, you're beset upon. It's Latinos are beset upon here by disinformation and misinformation. That's right. They're using your poor old parents who are believing this stuff. Who have not seen, like their parents literally saw it unfold in their lifetimes, in their lives. Well, that's why they said that they think that her, she thinks that Susie Calderon is still traumatized, and that's why she can't get over it. She can't shake it because Castro. Mm. So not at no point are we checking our own beliefs and saying, "Does mom have a point in anything at all? Does maybe she know something?" No, 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 no. It's <laughs> let's diagnose mom's mental deficiencies. I mean, it's everywhere. Not only misinformation, but disinformation targeted. This is a new, like, clever thing to know that there's two different things, you know, misinformation, but disinformation. You know, some of this stuff is weaponized on purpose. Specifically, Spanish language and the Latino community. It's a belief. I assume that's any ad a Republican runs in Spanish. Absolutely. Disinformation. Correct. Gotcha. Backed up by national research, with more than a third of Hispanic Americans saying they see misinformation often online. That's an odd thing. It's a belief. It's backed up by national research saying that they see it misinformation online. And did you say a third? Well, but, That's but, like not even that many people. But anyway. Two thirds of them haven't even seen any disinformation. But if if you're a, a garden variety Hispanic Trump voter, well, then you're one of those people who's seeing disinformation all over the place when Hillary Clinton is saying, when Adam Schiff is saying that there was a Russian collusion, etc. Of course. And he's seeing it on NBC. According to one analysis by activist group Avaz. Uh, by who? Activist group Avaz. By, according to one analysis by activist group Avaz. What's the activist group Avaz? I'm glad you honey. asked that question, Alice. Activist Group Babaz is a U.S.-based nonprofit organization launched in 2007 that promotes global activism on issues such as climate change, human rights, animal rights, corruption, poverty, and conflict. Avaz has this great thing right here. Said, um, Trump has been working for Putin's corrupt inner circle for almost 20 years. Uh, and it's that corrupt circle that promises to make him rich for the next 20. He's refused in violations of all ethics to divest from his personal is, businesses. Um, is that factual information? Fact this check on aisle three. Right. Well, about, no, they're they're they're. Trump has been working for Putin's inner circle for yes. twenty years. Yes, that that this is Avaz. Yes, this is Avaz. This is not misinformation because Avaz says it, and that's oh. right. So MSNBC is trafficking in Avaz, who's trafficking in this disinformation. That's but, as but wacky also, as any conspiracy theory of on course, the right. Trump may it says, and this is Avaz advisory. Trump may be a Russian intelligence asset. He may have colluded with Putin to sabotage the U.S. election. But what is clear is that he is a corrupt Russian money launderer and in the pocket of a KGB dictator. The whole world needs to know this. Share this page. That's Avaz. That's the source used for this very down-the-line neutral expose on disinformation. I'm so glad we have their uh, very thoughtful research on disinformation. Nearly 70% of misinformation in Spanish went unlabeled by Facebook compared to less than 30. Can you imagine that? We didn't we didn't blot out some of the other side's opinions on Facebook. We didn't blot it out. They're still able to see that. 30% of misinformation. This is by the way. This is a journalist narrating this telling people that less information is better. 
Mm-hmm. We need much less information out there. You you need to be the public needs to see less. Yeah. Because we decided and if you say that some of it according to Avaz is unacceptable. And then if you say that they're trying to censor information, <laughs> then that's also disinformation. Right. In English, by a show of hands, how many of you have personally received misinformation? <laughs> All of you. Yeah. Yeah. Where did it come from? Our tias, our primos, our abuelas. De todos. Everybody. Besides COVID, what else are you seeing? What other types of... In other words, our relatives, our parents who have lived life, the ones who put us through college so we could learn to be young Mm -hmm. Marxists, our parents, our our problematic parents who have lived full lives, who've lived where there wasn't freedom and are noticing things happening right now that remind them of the old country. Misinformation is out there. I've seen misinformation on the election... Democrats stole the election. Yep, there you go. Shocked. Shocked. The 2016 election? Nope. Not nope. that one. That was no. This reminds me of two, um, because people, particularly people on the left, are getting so used to being able to like report misinformation online and stuff. And like a lot of these social media companies will do that for you. They'll take stuff down and censor stuff and change things. You know, they're not going to stop at online. They're going to try and do it for other things, too. So, for example, there was recently this... um, Did you see anything about this? This postcard that went out in the Boston area? I think it was postmarked from, like, uh, New Hampshire or something. Portsmouth, New Hampshire, maybe. But um, basically, it was, like, this postcard of conspiracy theory stuff. Like, I mean, wacky things, and it's just somebody paid to send it out to like mass mail it to a bunch of people in in the Boston area. And like I saw in the Melrose Facebook group, a bunch of people were complaining about it. Like, how can they allow this stuff to go out? This is crazy. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like somebody just paid to mail it. They're allowed to mail you stuff. Like put it in the recycle bin if, right. if you don't like what it says on it. But like they're upset about it. And I remember also even, um, you know, that sort of newspaper, the Epic Times, that's mm-hmm. run by those um, a- Chinese anti-communist mm-hmm. groups. They um, they did a mass mailing towards the beginning of COVID, like blaming the Chinese government for covering it up and stuff and saying they were lying and all these things in the lab leak theory. And a bunch of people complained, how the how is this like cons- crazy conspiracy theory nonsense? Who puts out this racist garbage? Like, first of all, it's put out by Chinese people, mm-hmm. so it can't be that racist. But... Um, but, yeah, people are allowed to mail things to you that you don't like. And you just need to put it in the trash and move on with your day. Just the same as if you see something on right. social media that you don't agree with, you need to scroll on by and go about your day. Or you can comment on it and be mad and start a fight. Right. But, like, well, but yeah, but, but this is and this is the point. You know what they want done. Susie Calderon's daughter will tell you. When your family shares this type of misinformation with you, what do you say? I personally hit back immediately. <laughs> I review it. I make sure I fact check myself. We're literally living in two different realities. That's right. We're literally living in two different realities. And I want to erase my mother's reality. She has to live in my reality. Because mm-hmm. I know so much more because I'm enlightened. Because I have a framed degree in the other room and a Range Rover and live in a nice spruced up Victorian house. I have the Ukraine flags outside of my house. My reality is better and more sophisticated. So Abuela has to change. What does Abuela know? I'm special. We're the generation who's enlightened. It's a phenomenon that's having real world effects in Florida. 
real world effects. 40% of Cuban Americans say they don't believe President Joe Biden was legitimately elected. And given that Latinos spend more time on social media than their non-Hispanic white counterparts, it's a problem that's not going away. You're not allowed to believe that an election wasn't on the up and up. You're not allowed to believe that. Right. It's a problem. Right. But it's a free country. You're allowed to believe stuff that's crazy in this country, right? So here's the postcard, right? This is what got sent Unlike out. Unlike Cuba, Alice, in this country, you're not allowed to believe something that diverges from what the state tells you, mm. right? Or is no. that just like Cuba? That is just like Cuba. Right. Yeah, no. And I prefer to live in a country well, where perfect. you're allowed Before to Before you believe- go away from okay. the postcard, let me just finish okay. this out. yeah. Uh, now this is the this is why this this thing was so good. I only got done with half of the, cutting the half of this thing. This is so good. This is so good. Somebody else sounds an alarm. You're about to hear who. In Texas, Democratic strategists are sounding the alarm about oh. a wave of misinformation aimed at Latinos heading into 2022. Wait, who's sounding an alarm about a wave of misinformation? Who should carefully be considered before? Before becoming the primary source in this news piece? Democratic strategists. They're sounding the alarm. Oh, God. Wow. Vote red. Information Tony Torres receives firsthand. Can you show me where you get your information? Yeah, like, uh, okay. This is Telegram, this, yeah. Alex Jones, Proud Boys. These are just different news sources. Torres is a Latino voter in the Rio Grande Valley who wears a shirt to show he opposes President Biden. What do you think that shirt says? <laughs> Let's go, Brandon. Absolutely. Which saw one of the biggest rightward shifts in the country from 2016 to 2020. So that's just a bad edit. Not on my part. That was in there like that. That's just a little part of this interview, which really should be... <laughs> His the, shirt shifted to the right. No, should what? be the lead. Mm -hmm. Because they're talking about voters shifting from mm -hmm. Democrat to a Republican. Yeah. And really, that's the lead in this story. Right. Latino voters are voting to Democrat to a to voting and instead of trying to find out why and see if there's any way democrats should adjust what we're doing we're just going to complain that they're exactly. allowed to see things on facebook but msnbc is on the job reportedly while u.s investigators were examining his potential role in this scheme by the russian government to mess up our election that's in the dossier that seems to have happened in real life at least the checkable parts of it have that was rachel maddow whose news and analysis show was happy to, MSNBC, was happy to work on, live off the dossier and Trump's uh, tax returns for four years. Here's another recent guest on MSNBC. Trump was installed as the president of the United States in order to weaken the alliances that were preventing Putin from achieving his goals. Alliances like NATO, our relationship with our European partners, our relationship with Ukraine. Anybody at all, when she said Trump was installed, anybody at all label that as misinformation or disinformation, unverified, fact check, is, was a little dandy Daniel Dale grabbed over and said, Daniel, just for the hell of it, just humor us. Can you look into this? No, uh, nothing whatsoever. And they, all of these people, it is such projection by all of them. All of these people were in this complete horse bleep uh, attempt to flood. They, it's all projection. They are the disinformationers. And so they do disinformation uh, segments about, quote, disinformation, which are all disinformation. Oh, sir, uh, Vladimir Putin is. He knows how to handle uh, clapper an asset, it. and that's what he's doing with the president. The Russians offered help. The campaign accepted help. 
The Russians gave help, and the president made full use of that help. Anybody interject at any point there? <laughs> Jake Tapper, any point you want to interject and say, wait a second, can you, uh, can you qualify that? Because it should be without evidence or misinformation or maybe disinformation. And that is pretty damning. The top Democrat on the Intelligence Committee is warning today that there is already evidence that the Trump campaign colluded. Adam Schiff, the top Democrat, saying there is significant evidence of collusion. Adam Schiff saying there is, quote, significant evidence of collusion. According to Congressman Adam Schiff, who attended the hearing today, President Trump and Trump Jr. had a conversation. This is something that Adam Schiff, the ranking member of the House Intelligence Committee, brought up today. And we heard from Adam Schiff. According to Schiff, Wolf. Here's uh, Adam Schiff. Nobody, nobody, it never gets an A without proof. Nope. Mm -mm. Go, let it go. go. Go right, right through. It's remarkable. It's remarkable. And these people are just, it's just, it's just simple uh, poison. And that's what they are. And that's what the MSNBC is and NBC is. And all these other people doing these, doing the important work on disinformation and misinformation. Go right ahead. Take, uh, take it where you were. Um. So, yeah, I mean, this is this is the new standard on the American left is I shouldn't have to hear or see anything that I disagree with. Somebody mm -hmm. needs to do something about the fact that people are saying stuff that I don't think is true, which is never how this country has worked. People are allowed to say and write and send down and talk about whatever they want, even if you think it's absolutely nuts, right? And you're allowed to say stuff that I think is absolutely nuts. You're allowed to say that some um, girls are born with penises and that's just mm -hmm. fine. Like, you're allowed to think that and I'm allowed to think things I think and we don't have to agree on them and we're both allowed to say them and do them, right? So here's this like postcard that went out. It, this, uh, it was postmarked from Portsmouth, New Hampshire. It's, uh, it says the true story of QAnon and it has pictures of a bunch of celebrities and a QR code to scan. Mm -hmm. So there's like Romney and Dave Chappelle and Johnny Depp and mm -hmm. Jennifer Lawrence, Elon Musk, Mark Milley. It's like a mixed bag of people as far as I can mm -hmm. tell. I was the child victim of the cobble spoken of in QAnon. They invented the whole saga of QAnon and planned all the news and entertainment events 20 years ago. They planned 9-11, the 7-7 bombing, the Ukraine war, the COVID-19, and they told me that Luvox cures COVID-19. The minutia of every battle and every action by Zelensky and Putin were planned. They put a mind-reading device in me and tortured me and spied on me my whole life. On Good Friday, this world will end, possibly by nukes, or my world will end. Please Please read the truth at the below QR code. I will be hiding in Kansas. Please share this and email Hit the me. QR code. Who is it? Uh, I don't have the whole. Th it doesn't show the whole thing on it this picture. Oh, on this darn. picture of it that I have in front of me. But anyway, and there's an email address to email him too if you want to know. I'm sure they're gonna hunt this guy down and make him a news story because people were very distressed. What's his name? Uh, I don't know if it says there isn't a name on it. On the email, no. You can Google it. Maybe somebody somewhere has already started to figure it out on the email. Uh, he said, invited recipients to scan the QR code or send emails so I know people are getting my postcards. Uh, Postal Service spokesperson Steve Doherty, who works out of Dorchester, said he was among the many who received the mailing. He explained that the Postal Service has limited ability to block messages sent through the mail. Uh, which means that they've been getting complaints about this, obviously. There are certain items that are considered non-mailable, including messaging that would incite someone to commit arson, murder, or assassination. Short of that, we generally focus on the address and postage and not the content. So this was very widely distributed. The uh, NBC 10 story also says uh, New Hampshire political operative Arnie Arneson 
got the postcard at her home in Concord and worries about all the people who may have clicked on the link. What they did was they got you to do something you normally wouldn't do, which is you connected to them, she said. And for those who might say it's just a crazy person in their basement, Arnonson says somebody has a lot of money to be so crazy. Some have questioned if it's appropriate for the U.S. Postal Service to distribute the cards. But spokesperson Steve Doherty got the card says the delivery does not violate the law. While certainly controversial, there doesn't appear to be anything in the mailing that would make it illegal to send through the mail, he said. Whether you find the mailing interesting, frightening, or funny, you should think twice before clicking on any QR codes from unknown sources. So, and I did actually in see in some of the community groups, like people were complaining, like, what if my kids had seen it? How are they allowed to send this through the mail? I mean, sorry, people are allowed to send crazy stuff through the mail. And I honestly, part of me wonders if... I think it's broken. Like, first of all, I think uh, QAnon in general is like probably a federal operation to trick people do you i think so i don't think that's real i don't know like i I don't think it's really done by people who believe it i think that it's um i think they're trying to trick people but uh not that there aren't things in doesn't seem to be up and running there aren't not that there there are beliefs in the QAnon package that I think are related to things that are true, but I don't think that that as a whole the QAnon thing is a is is was designed by people who really believe in it. But that being said, I I don't I almost wonder if we're gonna see more like stuff like this, like crazy stuff mm-hmm. sent through the mail, in order to create outrage that people are allowed to send stuff like this through the mail. I mean, the mail is already very closely monitored i don't know if you realize that but did you yeah. know that every piece of mail is photographed yeah you and know there's the, this, they've got this uh mm-hmm. this their own like cia in there yeah, yeah so so there's a record and mm. they do turn it over to law enforcement if it's requested like they can find out if you mailed something it's not private every piece of mail is photographed and, re- did, and recorded uh, was it fr- friday that i did two hours in the mail on tic no friday was a short day thursday on the u.s mail and how it makes money and how the whole the whole racket yeah it's, it's so very, Interesting. So, but yeah, so they, I, I don't, I almost wonder if there's going to be a push to like crack down on disinformation sent through the mail. And if like this postcard is like part of, is part of the impetus for doing that. Well, I mean, political mailers are always disinformation, misinformation. Yeah. And actually that was a big deal in Massachusetts because they tried to make it illegal to lie in political mailers, Mm -hmm. which is, that's a really tough thing. Lying is not a legal speech, by the way. It doesn't violate free speech to lie. You're free to lie and you're free to lie. Most stuff said is lies. (laughs) You're especially free to lie in elections. And that's because, um, you know, people are expected to have some degree of due diligence and in politics, especially the definite, like what you're calling a lie is that's like tough, right? You know, you can say that you know, somebody like the way that people describe things is very different. Somebody views an anti-abortion bill as, you know, being like 
that that's an anti-women's rights bill and you say somebody else voted against women's rights, well, that person certainly didn't see it that way. In one sense, that's a lie. They would say that that's a lie, that they voted against women's rights because they just voted against right. abortion and they don't see that as a women's <coughs> rights issue. That's the type of thing like where you're not, why would you try and get the government into litigating whether something in politics is a lie or not, right? Like, Yeah, you can't. Politics so, is the art of lying. So yes, they did try and do a whole thing. They There was somebody, I think it was in Melrose, who her husband ran for state rep, and she got like sued because they said a political mailer that she was like involved in making was... Mm. Uh, and it went on. It went dragged out for years. This court case about it because, like, they said she said a lie in a political mailer, and it was like a whole thing. But yeah, you, you're allowed to lie in political mailers, and yes, there are like libel and slander laws, but generally those don't apply to public figures unless they're ex- very, very extreme cases. It's very difficult to for a public figure to win a libel or a slander lawsuit. But hey, Abuela, you got anything else? Or are you good? Am I good? Well, we've got to do our Patreon no, show, too. No, I understand too. that, but do you have anything else for well, the pre-Patreon? We can, we can wrap up for now. If you want to join us over on Patreon, we have options starting at $5 a month. That's patreon.com slash burn barrel. We do a little bit of an extra show each week over there on Sundays, um, and we have like some live streaming and stuff, too. Um, and <clears throat> there's yeah, a, then, You know so, what? I want to, because everybody's... I'm going to save some stuff for Patreon. I have some stuff, but some mm-hmm. stuff I actually want to play this here, too. Okay. This is uh, Sam J. You know who Sam J is? No. She's a comedian. Works uh, works a little uh, blue sometimes. Mm-hmm. But anyway, she the Glenn Lowry show, Glenn Lowry, who's the great um, Brown University economics teacher. Mm-hmm. He's a black guy, conservative, controversial sometimes. He was down in um, at the Comedy Store in New York, and he had a bunch of comedians come on stage to talk about cancel culture and this and that. Did you just text me something? No. Okay. Cancel culture and this and that. Oh, oh, wow. CNN, from birtherism to the big lie, Barack Obama is taking up the battle against disinformation. Oh, God. Oh, good. That's great. That's great. That's great. Speaking to somebody. Not, well, not a smidge of corruption, according to Barack Obama who uh, was happy to tell you you could keep your doctor if you wanted to be a doctor. But that's not a big lie. That's just your health insurance. Anyway, the Sam J, this lady, gets up and they ask her if she's ever afraid to be canceled by cancel culture, like saying something wrong, even though she's a, a black woman and a lesbian, which makes her credit score in the intersectional chart high. Mm-hmm. She could. You say the wrong thing about uh, trans people or whatever. You know? So they ask her about can- the cancel mob. And the answer she gives here... And this is a woman who I think is probably politically nowhere near we are. This answer is effing awesome. Though bleeped out a lot. In groups, people are f***ing idiots. Yeah. yeah. And if you bend to the will of the mob, then you're always bending. And the other responsibility of artists is to say f*** the mob. And sometimes when you say f*** the mob, the mob persecutes you. <laughs> they burn you at the stake. They take away your shit. They try to deny you the right to do the thing you love to do because the mob also usually is a group of people who hasn't tapped into their own potential yet and hasn't tapped into their own truth and hasn't tapped into their own access to happiness. Break it down. So they don't know how to process mm-hmm. seeing a free mother 
Well, because they're not free yet. Because they're not free yet. I thought that is fantastic and profound. Yeah. And what a great point. It didn't always sound like a revival, the whole thing. That was the only time during the whole night when people were like, oh, my God, because she knocked people over with how profound that was. Yeah. It was just said perfectly. We got more of Sam J and the Patreon coming up. Okay. So we'll head over to Patreon. Thank you everybody so much for listening. You can always find our five shows a week for free at burnbarrelpodcast.com. There's links to all the different places to listen. We're on YouTube. We're on Rumble Video, especially we are when we get banned from YouTube, which happens sometimes. Um, we also are at Twitter. We're at burnbarrelpod. We're at facebook.com slash burnbarrelpodcast. And you can shoot us an email at burnbarrelpodcast.com. C'est la vie Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.